how much time do we still have left to avert climate catastrophe? Well, the scientists told us three years ago we had 12 years to avert the worst consequences of climate crisis. We are now three years gone, so we have nine years left. I'm sorry, I can't take these people seriously anymore. Haven't you heard? Nine years left and then it's over. The, the earth is just going to just go up in one big ball of flame. I love that. You know what, Mr. Producer? Get ready to play this again. I love the scare tactics the media uses too. We, we only have nine years to avoid the worst of it. And then they show some wildfires that weren't caused by climate change at all. They were caused actually by the climate change nutters in California who won't let them go through the normal deforestation process. No, you can't take down those trees and bushes. That would violate Mother Earth. Oh, wow, all those dead trees and bushes went up in flames. Whoops. Uh, so play this again. I love how the media does this, these stupid scare tactics. Play it again. How much time do we still have left to avert climate catastrophe? Well, the scientists told us three years ago we had 12 years to avert the worst consequences of climate crisis. We are now three years gone, so we have nine years left. <sighs> Did you see those flames? Those flames could be coming to you. Nine years, just give up your SUV. These people are so stupid. They're so dumb. And I want you, because we have a great climate change special for you tonight on this whole gigantic climate change hoax and scam. But I want you to be real clear on something as we go through this. We have great guests. It's a great show. None of these people actually believe it. You have to understand that. We're going to talk about Kamala and AOC and Bernie and John Kerry and all these other people. None of these people actually believe in climate change. That's why they're always getting caught doing things that really, really release a lot of carbon into the atmosphere. They're not worried about carbon in the atmosphere. They're not worried about climate change. This has nothing to do with the Earth's climate changing disaster, the end of the world. It just has everything to do with communism. This has everything to do with getting power and control over you and enriching themselves. John Kerry getting busted flying on private planes around the globe. It didn't shock me. I didn't look at that and say, wow, he's a hypocrite. I looked at it and said, yeah, John Kerry doesn't care about climate change. When Barack Obama tried to be Mr. Green out there, we got to save Mother Earth, and then gets busted. Remember when he got busted? flying out his personal pizza chef to Washington, D.C. to make him a pizza. I didn't look at that and say, what a hypocrite. I just looked and said, yeah, Barack Obama doesn't believe in climate change. They just bought, I believe it was an $11 million mansion right on the ocean in Martha's Vineyard. Do you think Barack Obama thinks the ocean waters are rising? If he did, he'd be at a mountain in Colorado somewhere. Instead, he's right on the ocean. Doesn't make him a hypocrite. I mean, he is a hypocrite, but he just doesn't believe in climate change. Kamala Harris. Did you see what Kamala Harris said? You, you want to know how much these people really believe it? This is what Kamala Harris said about the disaster at our border. We are focused on addressing both the acute factors and the root causes of migration. And I'm thinking of corruption, violence, and poverty the lack of economic opportunity, the lack of climate adaptation and climate resilience. I know what you're saying right now. You're saying, Jesse, climate adaptation and climate resilience? Jesse, what do those words mean? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Neither do you. And neither does she. 
They're just gobbledygook words some speechwriter wrote down for her before she went out there. She doesn't have any idea what it means. None of these people believe in this. You must understand this. Especially, we're going to talk about, you know, the Paris Climate Accords. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff tonight. But just know, yes, the weirdo with the dreads in his hair and the Birkenstocks smoking weed on the corner with the end is near sign up. Yes, that dork actually believes that climate is changing. None of the people making these decisions, though, none of the people pushing this stuff, none of these people, none of them actually believe it. And we do this thing on the right, and it's understandable because we want to point out lies where uh, they'll, they'll talk about, uh, we have to stop oil, only they'll be tweeting it from an iPhone, and the iPhone's made with oil. And we say, oh, what a hypocrite. They know the iPhone's made with oil. They don't believe in it. They know it's all a scam. This is all one gigantic money and power grab. None of these people believe this stuff is real. And back to that California stuff. Those wildfires are happening every year now in California. They're happening because of the environmentalists. Do you know that? you realize that? And who's been telling you this? Who's been telling you the left doesn't care about any of the issues it pretends to care about? Black Lives Matter doesn't care about black people. I, yeah, I, I realized because at the result, the result of their activism has resulted in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of black people being murdered. That's what they've done. They don't care. They don't care about black people. Uh, feminists don't care about women at all. Environmentalists don't care about the environment. That's why they show up to protest the Keystone Pipeline. And when they leave, there's trash all over the ground. People have to go clean, go clean up. They don't care about the environment. In California, they won't let them do simple forest management. You have to do forest management. Instead, they let all the dead and dying stuff pile up and pile up and pile up. And soon all it takes is somebody out there burning a heater in the woods, flicks it the wrong direction, and people die. Thousands of acres get torched. That's directly the result of environmentalists. They don't actually care about the environment and they don't actually believe the climate is changing they don't none of their behavior indicates they're worried about the climate changing and when did the right get to be such weenies on this too the right's just about as pathetic as the left i've seen plenty of gop congressmen people you'd see as conservatives running tv ads about how we'll reduce our carbon why do we have to reduce carbon carbon doesn't do anything Carbon isn't changing the environment. When did we cede that ground to the left? What, what, what are we doing? CBS, of course, has their climate specialist on. This is really just a sign that humanity isn't doing very well in managing our global greenhouse emissions. Things will just get worse and worse if we breach that. And the bottom line is by 2030, 2035, unless we really rein in our emissions very quickly, we are likely to get to 1.5 degrees and continue to increase our warming close to 2 degrees. And again, we have to do something very quickly about it or we're inevitably heading in that direction. You say that, Jeff, that this is a symbolic marker. Why? Yeah, because, I mean, humans chose it, right? We chose 1.5. We chose 2 degrees. So, again, it's not a tipping point. It's not like we're going to fall off a cliff. Wait, what? <laughs> well, well how would you come up with that number? Oh, we just picked it. What? What if, and hear me out here, what if the Earth goes through cooling phases and warming phases? What if 
we actually have books, ancient, ancient texts that show sometimes there are famines, sometimes there's plenty. Sometimes there's floods and tornadoes and hurricanes. Some years it's really hot. Some years it's really cold. And this is a long time before iPhones and oil and SUVs. What if this is just the way Earth has always gone? What if now we have a gigantic climate change cult that seems to have taken over the world? They're all getting fat and rich on making you and I poorer. And why is it communism? Well, remember, this is all just about destroying us. That's all communism is. It's the religion of destruction and domination. This is all about destroying you. So when you point out to these people, well, wait a minute, what, what do you mean eliminate fossil fuels? That'll, people will die because of that. It'll make everybody poor. Like, what are you talking about? They know. They get it. You're not shocking the communist whenever you point out the destructiveness of communism. The communist knows the destruction is the idea. When you point out the destructiveness of communism to the communist, you might as well be telling the chef how good the meal tastes. He knows. He's well aware. That was the point all along. These people, and, and look, they've all been busted. They've all been busted because they know this doom and gloom, sky is falling garbage. They know it gets ratings, right? If I tell you, tune in to I'm Right tomorrow night, and I'll tell you how the world's going to end, you'll be here, won't you? I'm not going to say that, but... Remember when Project Veritas busted CNN? I think there's just like a COVID fatigue. So like whenever a new story comes up, they're going to latch onto it. They've already announced in her office that once the public is will be open to it, we're going to start focusing mainly on climate. It's our it's going to be our focus. Like uh, like our, our focus was to get Trump out of office, right? Without saying it, that's what it was, right? So our next thing is going to be for climate change awareness. Fear, like fear, really drives numbers. Drives numbers. They're just ginning up outrage, making sure you're always scared, making sure you always have to tune in that night. Stop falling for it. We have a great climate change special for you tonight. Hang on, it's going to be a good one. And I'm right. I'm excited about this one. Joining me now, Mark Morano. He is with theclimatedepot.com. He's also the author of Green Fraud, Why the Green New Deal is Even Worse Than You Think. Mark, I already thought it was bad. How could it possibly be worse? <laughs> well, it's worse than we think because of the COVID lockdowns. They've been inspired by governments being able to issue an emergency decree, bypass democracy, and that is what's happening with the Green New Deal at the moment. The reason the Green New Deal is way worse than we would ever have conceived of two years ago when it was introduced is because they are implementing it through the administrative agencies of the federal government behind the scenes without a vote of Congress, without hearings, without a big brassy introduction, without any kind of uh, public uh, attention being drawn to it. Every agency is a cabinet agency, including our finances, the Pentagon, uh, Interior Department, on down. The Green New Deal is making its way through transportation bills everywhere. It is being implemented as we speak, and the public is largely almost completely unaware of it. 
I'm unaware of it. In what ways is it being implemented? Give me some examples. Okay. Well, the first thing President Biden did, first of all, this a little history. President Obama in 2008, obviously, was elected. I was working in the U.S. Senate Environment and Public Works. He tried getting public support, going the traditional route with legislation. He did it with health care, and he barely got it passed after a lot of arm twisting. Nancy Pelosi kept doing it. So they failed with climate. They got it passed the House. It failed in the Senate. He was hit upon by all the progressives for being a total failure on climate. The Washington Post even said Obama you know, failed. They called him George W. Obama, his climate legacy. So he went behind the scenes. He started doing massive executive orders. They did EPA regulations. They started regulating carbon dioxide as a pollutant. That went on under Obama on a small scale compared to what's happening now. But then Trump came in and reversed it all. Well, what President Biden has done, beginning day one, the, all the same executive orders Biden did, but where he's different than President uh, Obama, President Biden, he is going to levels that heretofore were unthinkable in a democracy. So what he's doing behind the scenes is he's starting, first of all, he's banned all of the uh, energy exploration on federal lands. They're now implementing through executive order all sorts of restrictions on fossil fuel, everything, on, by the way, on, including on your vehicle mileage uh, ability, all these mandates for green energy through, the, through a, a, a infrastructure bill that was literally 5% traditional infrastructure. The money is going to all of these green expenditures and finances they're now putting forth through the Treasury Department, finances where private banks won't be able to lend money to, uh, to any... Um, uh, energy exploration, to mining, to oil exploration, they're going to make it very difficult by doing sort of a social credit. You will get bad ratings if you do it. So they're drying up the financing. Every agency and Biden is a climate agency. You have the Pentagon working overtime on this where everything is just going green, thinking green, and it's being done in the administrative state. So a future president style Trump who's going to come in and try to undo it in four years, it's going to be very difficult because now you have all the corporations, you have the automakers not even resisting these fuel economy standards because they want regulatory certainty which means we've already essentially we're statutorily killing things like the American SUV. People are like, I'll never drive an electric car. They'll never get my fossil fuel vehicle away. Well, they will with higher gas prices. And that's the other thing. President Biden is begging OPEC now to increase oil production because they've shut down so much. And so much of the oil market is uh, is a what you call a futures market. Biden's signal of shutting down American energy through all of his actions has emboldened China is now we are nearing re record levels of Russian oil imports. And again, we're begging OPEC to increase their production. We went from energy dominant under President Trump to energy dependent, which means the more likelihood of wars and future wars over energy when we were used to be able to world's largest oil and gas, and we used to have more energy production than consumption, more energy exports and imports. It was an amazing thing to see how much we'd come because of our technological revolution. That is being crushed in favor of a future hope that solar and wind is going to just magically take over and we'll have technological breakthroughs. Mark, I want to go back to something you just brought up earlier. The Pentagon is in on all, all this Green New Deal. Please elaborate. What? Wh why? The Pentagon believes, and John Kerry is behind this, uh, and as well as the generals, 
who President Biden has appointed, that climate change is the existential threat, the greatest national security threat we face. So therefore, when you negotiate things like Chinese human rights abuses, Chinese slavery allegations in, in the country, that can all be waived because climate is such an existential national security threat. We have to work with China. We have to make deals with them. We have to make climate progress with them. Uh, and even with Russia, you know, we're, we've waived uh, their ability to, to now send all this oil to our allies in Europe. When they and this had been something the Trump administration opposed the Russian gas pipeline. Biden lifted essentially the restrictions on it. So all sorts of things like that are happening when it's the exact opposite. Climate change is not a national security threat. Our energy climate policy is the national security threat. It's going to make America dependent on foreign sources of oil. China, Russia, and OPEC. They're back. And this is like the 1970s again. We already faced the gas lines, but now we have OPEC coming a major player as a U.S. sitting U.S. president begging them to increase oil production because our domestic demand is having trouble meeting uh, supply right now. Mark, now, if it's me, I'm calling all these people communists, as I do, and I say they're intentionally destroying the country because they hate it, but that's me. I'm not Mark Morano. Explain to me why you would want to drive up energy costs and make your country poorer if you're one of these people in leadership positions. Well, this is what they want. This is it's our, it's part of their plan. They think the earth faces a crisis. The, this is Biden's climate plan was written with the help of AOC, Bernie Sanders, the Sunrise Movement, the, the climate radicals, the progressive movement, the Democratic Party essentially took it over. And if you go back, look at even President Obama, his science advisor, John Holter, in the 1970s said the problem with America was too much energy, the hazards of too much energy too soon. He lamented people being able to drive in their car to the grocery store, get a six pack a bear and drive home. That was wasteful. The planet can't handle it. There's a whole movement at these UN summits for degrowth, planned recessions to fight global warming. What is the Green New Deal but a planned recession? What is a lockdown but a government-mandated recession? And what was praised by the climate activists? Lockdowns. Lockdowns reduced emissions. Lockdowns were good for the earth. Lockdowns helped animals. Lockdowns reduced economic growth, which they'd been campaigning for for decades. Um, we've had energy secretaries under President Obama who wanted European-style gas prices in the U.S., which would be currently about a doubling of what we're paying now. So they've actually stated this as their goal. They want us um, economic growth crushed. They want more people dependent upon government. One of the greatest things of the lockdowns for a progressive is the fact that we now have universal basic income, guaranteed annual income from the government as reality. In 1972, George McGovern ran on a universal basic guaranteed income of, I think it was like 12,000 a year. He lost in the greatest landslide to Richard Nixon. Now, even Republican presidents like Donald Trump were promoting these COVID relief bills. Government shuts down our economy, and but don't worry because government will then pay you, you know, these regular checks you can get used to. And that's what Biden is now expanding. We're talking for the first time in U.S. history, every kid having a right to a guaranteed income. So this is their plan is to crush the existing order, the existing economy and make everyone dependent on government. It's a power plan because then you'll be dependent on the politicians who are saving you and, and you're getting all these great benefits from. It is the ultimate expression of never let a crisis go to waste. In this case, it was the COVID-19, uh, COVID and in the second case, it's climate, but they're merging the two. And that's why the Green New Deal is so much worse because the climate lockdowns 
have, are now coming and they're born out of the COVID lockdowns. How's China doing on going green? China's building one coal plant a week right now. And what's amazing about this is as we go more green, which in my book, Green New Deal, I show how even Michael Moore, the progressive, the guy who loves Fidel Castro's Cuba's healthcare plan and country, says that green energy is a fraud and that these are all, you know, essentially, you know, uh, 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 cashing in people like Al Gore and Richard Branson and Bezos. He goes to great lengths to show that. But the most shocking thing about China is we are trading in energy dominance in America for mining dependence of rare earth mining on China. They're either gonna do it in China with slave labor or they're doing it in Africa, the whole continent which they're buying up. And in places like countries like the Congo, there's allegations of underage child labor law where they have a monopoly on these rare earth minerals that are gonna be necessary for electric car batteries, solar windmills. And this is what we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be heavily dependent upon China record Russian imports, begging OPEC. You see where this is all headed. It's headed for the, the World Economic Forum is very specific. They call for a great reset of capitalism because of COVID-19. And one of the things they called for in their videos was the US will no longer be the world's sole superpower. And that was one of the criticisms of Obama. He wanted to knock the US down. Well, President Biden has got the, the, the giant club and he's beating us down. And every democratic governor with these lockdowns, we're now facing just as an example, and this is related to the climate agenda, American pediatrics are now recommending masking for all kids two years and older uh, this fall in school. This is a essentially a COVID theater. Same thing now we're facing in the climate world. They're telling us you can only drive your car when it's morally just uh, fly a plane when it's morally justifiable. In other words, if it's something that government official approves in a declared climate emergency. You have U.S. senators now, including Chuck Schumer, urging President Biden to declare a national climate emergency, which would give him executive powers. Same thing on, on guns. Governor Andrew Cuomo in New York has declared a gun violence national emergency, which is now giving him uh, powers that don't need a legislator. We have the White House now declaring misinformation, a, climate, a, a, a public health emergency, which is now gonna give them the justification to do whatever the hell they want, including monitoring our texts, et cetera. So we are in it deep. Climate is at the front and center of all this, as well as COVID, but they are advancing the progressive agenda in the last year, like they've never even imagined possible in the last 50 years. That's what we're facing right now. Mark, okay. thank you so much. I appreciate depressed. you. I hope you're not depressed at all. Oh, no, that was outstanding. Thank you, brother. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll be back. Joining me now, somebody a lot smarter than me, research fellow at the Heritage Foundation, Joel Griffith. Joel, what is, first of all, for, for, for people who just showed up on planet Earth, what are the Paris Climate Accords? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Well, the Paris Climate Accords are an agreement that the developing countries of the world um, are hoping uh, that countries such as the U.S. And, and the big economies of the world will sign on to that would limit our carbon emissions and actually make us carbon neutral within a few decades.
decades. And this really requires a, a transformation of our economy and our energy output and across the EU and across the United States in the hopes that we could avert some sort of a climate disaster. Okay, carbon neutral, like the gear shift in your car? What, what does that mean? Well, if you look at how our economy runs, the vast majority of our transportation and our manufacturing output relies on the use of fossil fuels, things such as coal and, and natural gas and, and oil. Think about our vehicles. Uh, most of us drive vehicles that run on gasoline and we cool our homes and heat our homes based on, on electricity produced from coal power plants or natural gas. We have found this to be a reliable form of energy. We know that if we're in states other than California, we're gonna be able to flip on our lights and, and, and run our appliances, it's cheap, it's reliable, it's abundant, but there is the shift underway that would force us to get off of those types of reliable, abundant forms of energy and rely on renewable forms of energy, such as solar, wind, and hydropower. Okay, so are other countries actually doing this? I know Americans, especially on the right, don't want to do this. It's expensive. It's going to make us poorer. Are, are the other countries doing these things, or are they paying lip service to it? Well, there are some countries that have been trying this. Germany comes to mind. If you look at what's going on in Germany, Germans pay sometimes a multiple of what we pay for our electricity. So if you're spending 100 bucks a month to cool your home and heat your home during the winter, well, in places like Germany, they might be spending two to $300 per month. And that has a very real impact on their standard of living. Our disposable income, the amount, the income that we have after paying things like taxes, typical family here is about $10,000 more per year than in Germany. And that's in large part because we have not succumbed to the uh, green energy policies that Germany has ascribed to. Okay, France. Every time I bring up France and we talk about this thing called nuclear power, people bring up France's, now correct me if I'm wrong, this is what I read, 80% powered by nuclear? Are we doing nuclear? Uh, well, unfortunately, over the past few decades, we have shied away from nuclear. If you look at what's happened in California, um, at one point, just a few decades ago, they derived a substantial part of their power from nuclear, and they have consistently been taking their power plants offline, and now Californians have blackouts quite often. They've got more forest fires and their electricity prices are two to three times as high in California versus some other parts of the country. Uh, and if you look at nuclear, nuclear is carbon neutral and abundant and if regulated properly is quite affordable. Uh, but we have regulated the heck out of um, nuclear and have refused to recognize that that form of energy has actually gotten much, much safer over the decades. But it all makes sense if you realize that those on the radical left, it, this is all a smokescreen. It's not about making the environment better. It is about limiting our economic growth because they look at human beings as a parasite on our planet. And it's a smokescreen. They use environmentalism as an excuse to centralize power and diminish our opportunity as humans to have a better life for ourselves. Do they think humans are a parasite on the planet or do they think Americans are a parasite on the planet? Because I, I see precious little from the American left blasting away at China out there. China's throwing up a new coal plant every 15 minutes. Oh, it's an excellent point. Well, Americans are viewed as especially 
parasites because we do enjoy the world's greatest standard of living for such a wide range of people. And you brought up a great point about China. You know, the fact is, if we were to go completely carbon neutral in the United States, even using the climate estimates of, of the Obama administration and the UN, that would only shave a few tenths of one degree Celsius off our global temperatures. And that's because the, the, the big increase in carbon emissions is actually happening in places like India and China. And we'd be crazy to think that they're going to be willing to, to stop their populations from actually enjoying a, a better standard of living and more affordable energy just to play along with this charade that we see so many so-called environmentalists pushing forward in this country. It's not going to happen. We're basically going to handicap our own economic growth and redistribute wealth from here to elsewhere. That is the end goal of this. Joel, I don't, I don't want to make this about politics and elections, but I am genuinely curious. Okay, this is clearly a Democratic Party focus, and yet they won the Rust Belt. What am I missing here? I, I'm clearly missing something. What am I missing? Uh, well, there's a disconnect right now between what people, what many people say they support and what they might support in actuality. And here's, here's what I mean by that. A lot of people say that they support things like the Paris Accords or going carbon neutral. But when you actually ask people, well, what are you willing to personally pay to make this happen? 68% of Americans say they're not willing to even incur $10 more per month in additional expenses to make this reality of this carbon neutral um, uh, economy. So I think it is incumbent on us to explain to people, look, if we go through the Paris Accord or put in a carbon tax or try to go carbon neutral in this 10 to 20 year period, that means that if you go fly your family to Disney World on vacation, that's going to cost you hundreds of dollars extra for that airline ticket. If you want your home to be 68 degrees during the summer when it's 95 degrees outside, you're gonna spend a lot more per month. You wanna fill up your car? Well gasoline is going to be more expensive because there are going to be these new regulatory hurdles put in place. We need to make it clear to people that things such as the Paris Accord and going carbon neutral, that is going to impact them as a family. You know, and the wealthiest, they're going to be fine because they're still going to have their private jets. They're going to still have their big homes. Look at Al Gore with his giant mansion in, in Tennessee. They're not going to be impacted, but everyday Americans will be. They're going to have to greatly curtail their standard of living to make this, the radical environmental agenda dreams come true. Joel, did we make any gains with this nonsense during Trump's administration? I understand he stopped a lot of the craziness, but stopping is not taking back ground. Those are two very different things. Did we make any gains? We made gains in so much as that we were permitting our natural gas industry to continue to move forward. Um, you know, the fracking industry that you see across the western states, that has made our energy costs far, far more competitive, not just to heat and cool your home, but to manufacture goods. And most of, very importantly, if you look at carbon emissions reductions, the United States led the way in 20. 19 in large part because we've allowed our natural gas sector to expand that's made it more affordable for families it's also meant that we became energy independent for the first time in decades but as great as the prior administration the trump administration was on this we're up against a lot of hurdles 
um, with the radical left pushing through lawsuits and then individual states such as New York and California trying to push their left-wing agenda on the rest of the country. So there's a lot of work to be done. And unfortunately, the Biden administration is doing their best to go absolutely in reverse and ban additional drilling and energy development on federal lands. Why go all in like this if you're Joe Biden? I, I understand that these politicians all lie, but you're, you know, kid from Scranton, Joe Biden, kid from Pennsylvania. He's well aware what this is going to do to those communities. I mean, the Democrats have now completely lost West Virginia, a state they used to have on lockdown. Why go all in if you're Joe Biden? Well, look, there's, there's no doubt that these types of radical energy policies, although they hurt families, actually does appeal to a very vocal and strengthening wing uh, of, of the Democrat party. That is, that's just reality. And you're very right in places like Pennsylvania um, that have enjoyed uh, so many great jobs and additional tax revenue from, from fracking. Well, those, those families, obviously, they just don't matter when it comes to power and politics. Man, it's an ugly affair. Joel Griffith, thank you so much, brother. All right, thank you, Jesse. Look, the old school blue collar union Democrat, I don't fault that guy. I, I grew up in construction. I've worked around union people my whole life. But man, fellas, you got to wake up. You got to wake up. I don't care what they're telling you. I don't care who your daddy voted for and your grandpa before him voted for. I don't care. These people want to destroy you. All right, we'll be back. I'm excited about this. Joining me now is Dr. Patrick Moore. He's the author of Fake Invisible Catastrophes and Threats of Doom. Also the co-founder of Greenpeace Board of Directors CO2 Coalition. Doctor, what's, what's fake about all these catastrophes they try to sell us all the time? Because every time I turn on the news, I find out we're all going to die tomorrow unless I give up my pickup truck. Exactly. What's fake about them is they're all either invisible or so remote, like polar bears and coral reefs, invisible like carbon dioxide and radiation, that no one can check it out for themselves. No one can just go to the North Pole and count the polar bears or swim the entire Great Barrier Reef or see what CO2 is doing to the global climate or understand anything that is invisible or remote. So they can make up any story they want about it. And these scare stories really work. They have all through history, in fact. The scare story about witches, for example, worked really well back in the medieval period. And this is kind of a medieval period for science in that all of these scare stories, and I outlined 11 of them in 11 chapters of my book, where people are being lied to about what is actually happening in the world polar bear populations are growing. The coral reefs are fine. In fact, the most biodiverse coral reefs in the world are in the warmest oceans in the world in Indonesia and Philippines, where there's never any cold water. So the truth is, oh, I, I, I see visual there. That's an interesting visual. It looks like smoke, but it's actually steam coming out of those chimneys. Uh, 
which is also not harmful, but is visible. So we're, we're, we're shown visible things that aren't harmful, and we're told about harmful things that are invisible. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure whether there is a single scare story that is based on something that people can actually see for themselves. So, it, okay, so if they're always threatening that the monster's just around the corner, you can't see him, of course, but he's just around the corner, he's going to come eat us all, and it's one gigantic scam, which is what I believe as well, the question is, why? Why the big lie all the time? Money and power. Uh, the money is in the activists raising funds, the media getting advertising for sensationalism that people want to watch, uh, politicians promising to save your grandchildren from certain death, from climate change or whatever. Uh, then there's the scientists who are being paid by the politicians and their bureaucrats to give them the scare stories. The scientists are bought and paid for in this case because it's almost impossible to get funding from the taxpayer, from the politicians, if you don't have a scare story in it somewhere. And climate change is a 100-pound gorilla in the room, of course, but then there's all these other issues, like saying that nuclear energy is going to give us radiation poisoning and kill us, when in fact there's no evidence of that. Saying that the polar bears are going extinct when they're actually growing in population ever since the 70s when a treaty was signed by all polar nations to end the unrestricted hunting of polar bears. Nobody has ever told about that treaty. It really changed things. There were, they were being overhunted by people going up there, getting an Inuit guide and getting a few their fireplace, but that's ended like two years ago. So we have to really question these scare stories, and in my book, you will see I am right. For example, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is fake. There is no Great Pacific Garbage Patch. You can see it from satellite photos, which I have in my book, to prove to you that all the stories about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch are fake. They're made up. They're photoshopped. They have no actual evidence of there being any garbage patch in the Pacific Ocean. It doesn't exist. I'll swear by it. I'll bet a million dollars that it doesn't exist. It's, well, it's Doctor, but surely, D Doctor, surely you're worried about acid rain, though. I mean, acid rain is ruining the rainforest. Haven't you heard? Yeah, well, that was an old story. It, it, it isn't around anymore because it was fake. And... I mean, the rain, is, the rain is actually acidic anyway because fresh water is slightly acidic. The oceans are alkaline, and they talk about ocean acidification, which is another total fake story. There's no way the oceans could become acidic due to too much carbon dioxide. It's impossible for that to happen chemically. In fact, if it weren't for the carbon dioxide in the oceans, they would be too alkaline for life to exist. It's CO2 that buffers the alkalinity of the basis, basic elements in the ocean, like calcium and sodium and potassium. If it wasn't for the CO2, which is a weak acid, buffering the ocean's alkalinity, it wouldn't be able to support light. So carbon dioxide has two main functions in the ocean. First, being the basis of all life, the carbon in all life coming from CO2, 
in the oceans in the atmosphere, and secondly, by making the ocean's pH suitable for life. The same as on land, where CO2 is also the basis for all life, all the trees in the background of me here are made of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Also, though, CO2 in the atmosphere makes plants, and the more CO2 there is, the more plants are efficient with water, and therefore can live in drier places than they could have when there was less CO2 in the atmosphere. And humans are responsible for this greening of the earth, which is causing plants all around the earth to grow better and faster than they did when CO2 was lower. The great irony of all of this is they say it's too hot now, when in fact this is one of the coldest periods in the history of the Earth. Even though it's an interglacial period, it's still in the ice age called the Pleistocene. That's where we are now. That's why there's all this ice on the North and South Pole, because we're in an ice age. And every 100,000 years, a, a major glaciation occurs, which covers the whole of Canada and all of northern Russia in a sheet of ice where there are people living today in this interglacial period. But this is still a cold period right now compared to most of the history of life on Earth. And secondly, carbon dioxide is lower now than it has been throughout most of the history of the whole Earth, never mind just the history of life on Earth. CO2 was 10 times higher than it is now when life flourished in the Carboniferous period, when uh -huh. trees covered the whole Earth. Doctor, I hope people go out and get your book. The book is called Fake Invisible Catastrophes and Threats of Doom. Absolutely fascinating stuff and great information. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you very much for an opportunity to tell people about this. Yes, sir. All right. We'll be back. It's all about money and power. Don't forget, it's all about money and power. None of these people selling you these lies, the scientists, the politicians, the media people, the actors, none of them actually believe in man-made climate change. That's why they're all on yachts and private jets. It's all about money and power. Don't let them intimidate you into believing a single word of it. Man-made climate change is a complete myth. I hope you enjoyed it tonight. I'll see you again.